Hello and welcome back to The Mandalorian. It's the review show of the new Disney show. We can still call it new. The Mandalorian, the Star Wars show called Mandalorian, reviewed by us, the folks behind Star Wars Minute. I'm Pete the Retailer. And I'm Alex Robinson. And uh, today we're talking about episode four. of uh, Chapter four. Chapter four, sorry. These are chapters, not episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the halfway point, I guess. It's chapter four yeah. of, the, of The Mandalorian. It's called Sanctuary, which I was told that was a lie, that there was no sanctuary, but... Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, this episode, a, a brief overview first, that this one starts out with um, the titular Mandalorian and his uh, baby friend Yodel. Um, they're looking for, a, appropriately enough, sanctuary. They're looking for a place to stay, lie low while the heat uh, dies down. And they find this nice little backwater planet, which is uh, has a a population of farmers who are uh, being menaced by some some local thugs. So the titular Mandalorian gets persuaded to help out and uh, successfully um, gets, well, spoilers for the end of the episode, I guess, uh, successfully, um, you know, helps them defend themselves and um, then splits. I think we're allowed to spoil stuff in this. Yeah. I don't think anyone's listening to it and expecting no spoilers. It, so. Weirdly, it, it just, you know, no matter what, talking about any details of any plot, even in something that we're actively covering, like there's a little like spidey sense that's like, oh, oh should, I, should, I, should I hide that? Should I obfuscate that fact? No. Like someone might download the podcast and just jump right somewhere in the middle and then be like, oh, wait, they just said that the right. chicken walker got killed. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your sensitivity on the matter. I'm sure other people do. It's it's more like um, gun shy, kind of like uh-huh. like am I gonna are people gonna yell at me for spoiling something? Mm. It's not uh, it's not as much kind of I don't know. Anyway, the uh, yeah the so sanctuary. So it starts out we got a, we've got a cold open um, that it uh, starts on the farming planet. We don't see our mm-hmm. our crew down. This is one of the few times we have not... This is one of the few times we see something where the Mandalorian is not uh, present. You, I yes. think up until now, only one other time have we seen something with, without the Mandalorian uh, in it. Uh, and it... Yeah, it's a... Um, I kept thinking that it was going to be uh, basically like a flashback origin story or something. That's what I thought as well. I thought we were going to start seeing more... Uh, uh, Clone Wars robots coming in and killing people. Yeah, either either the titular Mandalorian or um, just by by virtue of the uh, of being kind of awake and aware, um, but doing this episode a little bit later than we usually do. I was uh, I was cognizant of the fact that we were going to uh, run into Cara Dune, mm-hmm. um, and so I was like, "Oh, is this her? Are we starting with her origin story?" Um, you know, once we see, oh, there's a little girl there. Um, and it wasn't. It was. Uh, this is. This is happening. This is all happening somewhere in the galaxy. This all. This could all be happening right now. It's a new origin story. Yes. Um. But even in that, it doesn't. Well, we'll we'll get there. When Winta yeah, we, shows up in Rise of Skywalker, then we'll know that this was her origin story about why she hates uh, ATST walkers so much. Right. Um. Yeah. It's a. Uh, um. So we, we it's we see the people farming. We see it, it's actually a cool setup. I like their setup, the the kind of the world building of it. That we see stuff that we haven't really seen. You know, they have these kind of little ponds from which they're farming krill, and they've got cool farming robots. Uh, yeah, fishing robots like rather su- sustained fishing rather than farming. Yeah, they refer to themselves as farmers a lot. So I guess they have yeah. fields there too, perhaps, but they're doing more. Like you said, it's like fishing, or maybe they're just using the krill mainly to, as fertilizer. I think they mm. are. I think in the Star Wars universe, basically your job is farmer or bounty hunter, right? Even if even if it's like moisture farmer, which doesn't, you know, it's not something people normally farm. That's so. This is like they're fishermen, but they have to call them farmers because there's no such right. There's no yeah, such, a, there's no I'm word for fishing. Yeah. Oh, what do you what do you farm? Uh, krill. <laughs> yeah. I'm a krill farmer. <laughs> 
It's so weird about the Krill thing because I just watched um, the first episode of uh, The Orville. Oh, okay. And the bad guys in that are known as the Krill. So hmm. it's, so when when they said, oh, we're the, we're the, something about the Krill, and I was like, uh, uh, you know, I was, for a second, my head had to click back into the proper universe that I was uh, supposed to be uh, monitoring. Right. But uh, Well, so speaking of which, um, once the bad guys show up, I hope no bad people show up, but here they are. Um, we get to the the village gets kind of raided by this this local group of uh, thugs who who um, I couldn't exactly put my finger on what they reminded me of a little bit like the orcs from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe every other bounty hunter that they've fought this season. <laughs> what that is the that, uh, is, that, is that what it reminded you of? A bunch of anonymous gray grunting monsters coming in. <laughs> More or less, um, yeah. They're they're uh, well. It turns out that they are Clatoonians, mm-hmm. um, which in a frustrating turn of events, Clatoonians are from Clatooine, mm-hmm. and uh, the main the member of the um, the member of the Clatoonian race whom we were introduced to. In uh, Return of the Jedi in Jabba's palace was of course named Barada. Barada. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, you have a Klaatu, but he's not Klaatuian from Klaatuian. Barada is okay. And Nikto's uh, name is his name is Klaatu. The the Nikto creature's name is Klaatu. But wait, there is Nikto also. Well, they're all they're all know. one. Like whatever race you are, shift one to the right, and that's your that's right. the proper name of that race. <laughs> it's like musical musical uh, origin planet. Yeah, well, I was pleased that they used at least an, an alien um, from the classic uh, classic trilogy. Yeah, except I didn't um, I didn't realize it until afterwards looking it up. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I, those, those I, generic I, kind of you know orc monsters were actually Clatooines. Okay, yeah. Or Shrandoshans, or anything. <laughs> in case you right. can't tell, I'm I'm already picking a beef with the fact that yet again we are faced with another horde of anonymous. Uh, I anyway, go. Let's uh, let's let's keep going. I'll I'll get to the the parts I didn't and not like later. So yes, okay. the Clatoonians, and they have a giant mysterious um, monster with them, which we learn later is a chicken walker. Yes. Um, and uh, so they're they're you know, and then we so we get the. We see that our our, our um, essentially our protagonists are in our our uh, heroine of the the farming village um, mm-hmm. is you know protecting her daughter. They hide in one of the krill ponds, and uh, you think that maybe they're going to get discovered, and then they don't, and they survive. And then title, The Mandalorian, Chapter Four, Sanctuary, The Mandalorian. Um, then we see the titular Mandalorian. He's driving around um, with uh, with Yodel, kind of riding shotgun, just messing with switches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which it seems like that would be a lot more dangerous than it. Maybe not. You know, I know. Um, well, just by virtue of having to be in a car seat, uh, you know. I, I but I, I don't let my kids play with any of the stuff, you know, near the driver's area in the car while we're driving. You don't but, let your kids just do flick random switches and pull levers and knobs and stuff. Um, but yeah, like even when they're even when the car is parked and off, I try not to let them do that because yeah. then you know I turn the car on and all of a sudden the windshield wipers are going and the you know the radio's on full blast and whatever else. Yeah. Um. But do you think the Mandalorian is like, huh? Maybe this baby Yoda knows how to drive the ship better than I do. Is no, he just like kind of letting him letting him try it and see what happens? It is a mysterious race race of creatures that he doesn't know anything yeah. about. He could just be like, all right, you drive. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> I'm going to go sit in carbon freeze for a couple of minutes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he's he, there's a little uh, and there's a little um willful um disobeyment, a little you know uh, kind of very toddler like mm-hmm. um you know he says no and then kind of uh, yodel kind of you know gives him a little side eye and knows he's doing something wrong and t- touches the switch again now as the parent of small children do you find do you um find these site do you uh, like do you find these sort of scenes relatable um yeah okay 
Yeah. It's very, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, uh, parents have been there <laughs> when you're it, transporting your child through space on the run from, uh, from bounty hunters. They unscrew the knob of your gear shift and try to swallow it. Yeah, always. <laughs> um, but yes, I would like to see some, um, I mean, maybe there's, you know, uh, fluvial dampeners and whatever else, but, uh, the, uh, you know, there, there's no credence paid to child safety in the, there are no car seats in the Star Wars universe, it seems. Well, I guess maybe growing up in a warrior culture, he's kind of like, well, you know, if you can't handle a little thing like, uh, not wearing a seatbelt, how are you going to face a, uh, Gordothian mud slug? So, <laughs> That's true. You know, kind of seatbelts are a early. sign of weakness. Yeah, exactly. All right. They will, do they do wear armor all the time, so they're yeah. probably a little bit more protected. It's like they're walking around in car seats. <laughs> um, yeah, and in, so, in, in his uh, amused frustration, he does uh, titular Mandalorian does refer to Yodel as "you little womp rat." Uh, yeah, so apparently womp rats are also a thing that now everyone uh, is a universal um, thing, right? Well, could that be from, uh, you know, the legend of Luke Skywalker? You know, people are like, you think the- <laughs> he used to bullseye womp rats in his T-16 yeah. back home. And everybody's like, oh, what are womp rats? And they, I feel like that might work in the uh, sequel era, but this is only five years after Return of the Jedi. And I, I have a hard time imagining, A, the legend would have gotten out that far and B relatively obscure stuff like him hunting womp rats uh although who knows maybe they did like a biopic of him and the, it had just come out and right it was hot uh, on everybody's uh, everybody yeah. was talking about it so womp rats are kind of like the uh, where's the beef or the wasab it was like something that was really going around after because of media saturation right all right i like it well i think the way yeah it's kind of like reindeer how you know i i've never i don't think i've ever seen a reindeer in person maybe at a zoo Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know about reindeer other than you know I know them as a thing, as a character, as a as essentially like a a an animal that ha- happens in you know pop culture, mm-hmm. or not even pop culture, just in in mythology. So womp rats, and that might that also might exp- well that wouldn't explain why Jawa juice was right because that that was the prequels before the legend of Luke Skywalker would have uh, started, but exactly. Uh, hmm. So they, he arrives on the new planet, mm-hmm. and he goes to the bar. Yes, which every planet, no matter how remote, will always have a bar full of alien tough guys in it. I think you know they they seek them out. <laughs> like you have a, um, like a AAA kind of like a triptych of like, okay, here I'm going here. Triptych. Where are the the places that the alien bad guys hang out? Because I, you know. In a sense, it does make sense that uh, the you know you don't want to just show up at a place that's only locals because then you'll stand out like crazy. So it's like, oh, where's a place where some aliens could hang out? Um, so I won't be won't stick out completely like a sore thumb. Well, that's what's that's what's peculiar about this. Um, well, anyway, so they they it, it, that's what's I this scene kind of bugs me because. Mm-hmm. Like the the fact that he's walking around in the bar, wearing all his Mandalorian armor, and with this baby Yoda, which he's not even holding in his hand, he's letting the baby Yoda trail behind him as he walks around. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I'm sorry, weren't there like 20 million bounty hunters after you a second ago that looking for this uh, green guy? Why would you now suddenly be like, okay, I'm gonna go into? Why doesn't he go into the middle of nowhere and just camp out for a while? Why does he go immediately go into a town and start walking around with Baby Yoda? That seems like the last thing you would want to do, right? Kind of. I assume he can live on his ship for a while. His ship must have supplies and stuff on it. Some, but I, he would need food and stuff. I mean, he could last for a little while, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Although that wasn't that the original plan, doesn't he say like? Yeah, he tells Yodel to stay. He's like, all right, you stay here. I'm going to go get some supplies. And then mm-hmm. Yodel just walks, comes with him anyway. And he's like, all okay. right. Oh, well, I guess I'm powerless against this tiny little creature. <laughs> I guess this is how this episode's going. <laughs> yeah, because that also, and as, as anyone who has ever walked with a toddler knows, it's not like he can walk at a normal pace. And mm-hmm. Although there seems to be some kind of magical thing with this Yoda that he always just seems to be able to 
Like his superpower is to just pop up immediately behind the Mandalorian, no matter where he is or what he's doing. Like, mm. uh-huh. you know, he'll climb out of the bassinet and suddenly show up. So that might be his force power is that he can almost, almost like teleportation. Right. Well, it's like a, um, it's like a video game where you have to escort a character or you, uh, you know, maybe you have a different, like a helper character that like, you know, they could get lost and trapped behind a wall or something when all of a sudden they just show up kind of behind you again. Right. They're just like an accessory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, it's so tiny. Like someone could kick it, kick Baby Yoda accidentally, not even maliciously, or that the cat, the Lothal cat, which I'll admit is pretty cool. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I didn't uh, see. So yeah, when they walk in, they walk by a Lothcat and Lothcat. Um. And that was that was fresh in my head because I had just seen um one of those in Galaxy's Edge. Oh, I thought, um, you just, so you just, I thought you were going to say you started watching Rebels. No, no, no. I've just seen one of those in my backyard. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was was kind of familiar, vaguely familiar with the idea of them and then just saw one uh, in uh, Galaxy's Edge in one of the shops. They sell them. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Right, that's a thing. It's a nice little touch and it makes sense like, in, in a way. I'm not, that's not a like, I don't know. That's not a thing that I'm upset about. Like, why are they shoehorning that in there? It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Well, it's also cool looking. So, yeah, exactly. right. yeah. That, that that gives anything a pass if it's uh, cool looking. Uh, I well, I'm going to take a sidebar here and um, comment. So, like you said, we're we're releasing this episode a little bit later than usual because of the holiday, mm-hmm. and as a result, I got to um, you know, I got to cheat and look at some other reaction videos to see you know, get factoids and whatnot. Oh. And uh, people really you o- overuse Easter egg and um, and like uh, those kind of terms. Oh, yeah. Like I, because they're like, oh, that's a real Easter egg because he mentions Womp Rats and that's an Easter egg for Luke referring to Womp Rats in, in uh, A New Hope. Yeah. And I was like, how is that an Easter egg? It's, it's right there in plain sight. <laughs> <laughs> you must have had some really bad Easter's. <laughs> Yeah, so I think people just are either using just they want to say it's a reference to that, but because yeah. of the, the you know it's an Easter egg now or like a uh, a uh, yeah. Anyway, not everything's an Easter egg, folks, or a plot hole. Right? Yeah, Easter egg <laughs> for first <laughs> always get me down. If it refers to another movie, it's an Easter egg. If it uh, if it's something that is not immediately explained, it's a plot hole. Right. Moving on. <laughs> Um, well, so yeah, so then here, well, at what point, hmm, um, let me, while we're in a sidebar, mm-hmm. let me say that once we realized that that was not a flashback, the cold open yeah. wasn't a flashback, that it was happening now, mm-hmm. um, I feel like if you shut it off, I could have explained this episode with like, 80% accuracy at least. Oh yeah, totally. Like it's, you know, it, and again, it's a, <laughs> I totally, while I was watching it, I was like, Oh boy, I, I hope this one was directed by a man. So I don't feel like I'm piling on. And, uh, no, it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And that's not, it's not in the directing that I find fault. It's that the last two episodes, like have just felt like, you know, exactly what's going, there are no surprises or very few surprises, no major surprises. In um, retrospect, I rewatched last week's episode, mm-hmm. and I liked it better in retrospect. When I saw it the, again, the, the I guess it would probably be the third time because I watched it, you know, and uh, yeah. But I agree, this one I felt like I felt like this was the weakest one. Yeah, I feel yeah. I mean, it it there were there was nothing that was. Um, I mean, I'm assuming Flight Club Woman is going to come back, but other than that, nothing about this minute, nothing about this minute, <laughs> this chapter, uh, <laughs> it literally ends the same way it started with him. It feels like it's going to turn into like the Hulk, where every week he comes to meet someone, some little crazy adventure happens, and then at the end, he's back on the road, back wandering around, which I guess, you know. Which I think we've... <laughs> it's so, a formula that could work. Yeah, somebody's going to go back and play the tape of us asking for exactly that. Um, yeah. cause it's something I like, but it, I also don't like, I, I, I would love it if that happened, you know, if this was just like an ongoing thing like that, but mm-hmm. also make the stops 
surprising. Don't just do don't just do paint by numbers. Don't don't take actual Hulk episodes or you know <laughs> kung fu or or you know any of these where it's just kind of like oh yeah okay well how many samurai thing. movies can they remake right yeah i i um it's like the um well i, I we'll, we'll we'll keep going through it because it this is the plot from here on in yeah um the other thing I thought was also back to my sidebar, back to my original sidebar. Uh, one of the commentary videos pointed out that like, oh, this episode is a uh, it's an Easter egg for the episode of the Clone Wars where Obi Wan and someone else, you know, assembles a team of bounty hunters and helps some far- farmers fight off some local raiders. I'm like, oh, is that where they got the idea from this uh, <laughs> this episode? Right. So uh, obviously, well, yeah, it's from I Bugs thought of life. So <laughs> I didn't well, even I... mention that it's from Bugs Life. I thought of. Uh... What is it? Uh, eight against Aduba, or what? What's the what's oh, the yeah, episode the, of the Marvel uh, comic? Yeah, something like that. P- Peril at Aduba Eight, or yeah. something like that. Whatever the same idea, where they, you know, there's a that's more of a team. They put a team together to mm-hmm. kind of help the farmers fight off the local. Uh, um, yeah, but uh, this is like the Seven Samurai, except it's just the two samurai. Right. The Boba Fett. Three. The... Hmm? I'm looking it up. Aduba three. Aduba three. <laughs> um, the lost eggs of Livorno. <laughs> um. Anyway, it was an. Early, I think it was like the second Star Wars comic after the, the original movie. Marvel. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once the movie. Um. Uh, adaptation ended. Yeah, I got no beef um, with uh, with Adventure of the Week, but put a little creativity into it. Yeah, eight for Aduba three. There you go. So it's, mm. it started with issue seven, New Planets, New Perils. So literally the first one after Star Wars ended. Then they go to Aduba three, and then that's where the setup happens. And then eight for Aduba three is the or oh, then showdown on a wasteland world. Is that still part of the same? Do they stretch that into three episodes, three issues yes. rather? Yeah. Mm. Because then it turns into a thing where they have to fight off a dinosaur that is right. doing stuff. Well, here instead of the dinosaur, we have a ATST. Yeah, we'll get to that. Right. Um, but yeah, so suspicious. Uh, that would be a good place uh, for them to have added in, like if they picked up a couple more weirdos at the uh, at the bar to help out yeah. with this whole project. That would have been cool. They could have had a little. That would have been an e- maybe an Easter egg, or to have you know. Uh, Hedgy or or, or uh, Jackson in there? Oh, totally. Um. So yeah, that uh, so they they they're hanging out. Uh, titular Mandalorian notices somebody who seems uh, either out of place or notices somebody who's maybe onto him. Um. Um. Again, leaves the baby at the bar, flips a coin to the bartender, which is a, a good Star Wars trope. It's a gets an Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, well, also, so first of all, I think it's funny that the bar apparently has high chairs that are perfect heights for baby Yodas to sit. I guess if you're in a bar, in an alien bar, you'd need to have chairs of all different heights because there's right. all different, you know. So, so, all right, I'll let that one slide. But um, maybe they're adjustable. Yeah. I also want the the um, bartender slash um, tavern woman there. Uh, mm-hmm. The actress's name is Ida Darvish. Okay. It's like anyone who has a speaking role, I'm like, that must be someone who's like known for something else. And no, I couldn't find any the best the thing it seems she's most known for is being the wife of Josh Gad. Yeah. Olaf himself, Josh Gad. Um, so, I thought it was like a um it reminded me of um Andrea Martin. Okay. Or like <laughs> a uh she was like a Miriam Margoyles in training. Hmm. Um, yeah, so then he flips a coin to the to the bartender and says, mm-hmm. "Keep an eye on the kid." It's not like there's right. a thousand bounty hunters that I know are looking for him, right. and he's he even suspects that there's a bounty hunter there, and he still leaves the kid alone with the bartender. Right. So anyway, um, so yeah, then he he goes to to um goes to find the person that was that was mm-hmm. uh, scoping him out. Uh, and here's where he first uses his heat vision, which I believe at least once we said, oh, dude, shouldn't he have heat vision? That would be helpful here. Mm-hmm. Um, no. 
And he maybe he got it after the incident with the rhino because he's like, well, I got to get some heat vision built into this thing because. Oh, all right. Yeah, he did get an armor upgrade in between. Yeah. Okay. Those, those, I can't use my rifle all the time for heat right. vision. So. Okay. All right. I'll allow it. Okay. Um, yeah, he uses his uh, heat vision, um, not the talking motorcycle, but the actual kind of. Um, and uh, he finds uh, Caradune, who so kind of they have a, a standoff fight. Um, which yeah. ends in them being observed by Yodel while they point guns at each other, and it just turns into, hey, you want some soup? Which is a good... I don't, uh, what? Oh, go ahead. You liked it? I did not like it. Uh, I, I, it totally cliche, but like I'm glad it ended that way, in a sense. Like I just feel like, all right, let's just get them on board, because I, I kind of figured... Well, that's why I found the whole fight thing to be kind of like, all right, this is like every Marvel comic where the two good guys fight each other until they both realize that they're both good guys. Right. But I guess they they have to have some kind of action in here. They can't just have people talking for the first half of the they episode. They could, so. if they wanted to. I would be okay with that. <laughs> I, I, I found the, the fight between them to be um, annoying. Yeah. Because um, I think they're eager to show that she's just as tough as any man and can can hold her own against the Mandalorian. But the guy's wearing a suit of armor for crying out loud! Mm. Like, well, does it do no? Does does any armor do any good in Star Wars? Can people just get beat up all the time wearing armor? Yeah, we anyway. did see him kind of shake off some blaster fire, right, in the first episode or two. So, assuming he could just basically like want to walk up to, it. but they weren't uh, they weren't holding blasters yet. Right, but the fact that she was punching him and he was falling on the ground seems that seems if they were anyway. But she's an interesting character, at least. Yeah, I'll give her that. And you know, she does have more formal training, so I'm sure. And they, you know, training. She was a rebel shock trooper, mm-hmm. um, and so she was. Uh, you know, I'm assuming she was trained to fight stormtroopers who are also wearing armor. So she would have. She would know exactly how to fight somebody wearing armor. Hmm. Okay. And he um, is totally untrained in fighting someone who does not wearing armor, which is why he gets right. Beat He's like, I don't know which parts of the soft parts. <laughs> also, so is she a bounty hunter? Also, she's a bounty hunter. Also, or what is her job? What's her? Uh, what's her deal? What does she do? Um, I don't think she has a defined job. I don't think she's. She knows of you know. She was like, oh, are you are you guild? She thought that she yeah. was being bounty hunted. Because she was a, a retired, um, like fighter, yeah, special. But why ops. then is why is she like? Well, hey, I was here first, so you got to leave. That makes it sound like they're both bounty hunters, and he's like the. No, I think it's the opposite. They neither one of them wants to be a bounty hunter. Right, but why does he have to leave? I guess is what I'm saying. Because they don't want because it, because of exactly what happens, <laughs> the heat gets drawn to them, and she doesn't want to be discovered there. She's kind of in, in hiding, in a sense, also. She doesn't okay. want to get dragged back in. Got it. So the whole planet is off limits because one person is hiding on it. It makes that... Okay. But, she, but especially not near there. Like, I'm sure if... Well, you know, again, it, what exactly what she was afraid of is what happens. So... Right. Um, it does make sense from her point of view. He should have left. If she had just left right away, she would still be fine. And I guess she is, in a sense, but... But I mean, if she, but if he couldn't he have just said, okay, sorry, I'm going to go, I'll go live out in the woods. I won't, I won't draw any more heat to you. Well, no, because then they, the, they would come, the bounty hunters would come, they'd go to the bar where the aliens hang out and they'd see her and then they'd be like, hey, you look like that rebel shock trooper that, uh, the people wanted to talk to. I also have a question about the fobs. Mm-hmm. How do the fobs work? Um, we don't know. Okay. Which is good. Okay. So, we, so we don't know if she has fobs after because it seems like if you have a fob then no matter where you hide eventually people are gonna if there's a fob out for you that beeps whenever you get closer people will always be able to find you no matter where you are i think there i mean there's a certain range limitation you have to be somewhere near. it's not just like you know it'll point exactly to you if you're all the way across the galaxy it'll be like oh go here you know it's not like a gps uh-huh. like find my friends kind of a thing mm-hmm. but you know, if you are nearby, relatively, mm-hmm. like that, like that uh, Grindian we see later. Yeah, I think the the Kubaz is happens to be in the neighborhood or swinging no. through the neighborhood, 
and it leaps yeah. and then he's like oh okay and then he punches it in too he's like you know which seems odd I mean maybe that's a backup thing maybe he was just like alright look if I if I don't make it tell everybody that I'm that uh, here's where it went down or maybe it's like a territorial he's got to be like okay I'm on this one you know I'm punching in yeah this is my my find my kill but it seems like later on uh the titular Mandalorian is ready to leave Baby Yoda there unattended. Right. Figuring Which that it's t- out of the way enough that nobody will be driving by. But then once the... Well, so it seems like you're ha- they're having it both ways. It's they can't Mandalorian can't stay there because then Baby Yoda would attract the bounty hunters that would also attract, that would also come look for the lady. But yet it's also out of the way enough where he can leave the baby alone and, not, and won't attract any well, company. He's underestimating the uh, possibility of somebody just kind of browsing, you know, going through the neighborhood, mm-hmm. having a file. Oh, so the, and, the and bounty fly. hunter, maybe, maybe the bounty hunters come after he's, he's like, okay, I'm going to leave the ba- the baby here. And then the bounty hunters show up. So then he's like, okay, I can't do that. Obviously. Right. That's what, that's okay. what's going to happen. He's, okay. he, that's why he ends up taking him. Right. Because he yeah. realizes that, okay, people do drive through here. <laughs> There is no hiding. And there's a, a fob so that this baby will always be on the radar. There's right. nowhere to hide, really. Right. Any place they go, there's always going to be the chance of someone finding that uh, right. fob. So, all right. Um, so they become friends, and then he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go back to my ship and leave. Right. And when he's doing so, he gets uh, kind of accosted by two of the farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the krill farmers. Mm-hmm. Who, um, it, it's a, um, again, it's a, it's a, it's a cliche scene that's not necessarily, um, super well acted. <laughs> <laughs> it just, there's no, there's no surprises. There's no, like every, the dialogue is just kind of, you know, um, stilted. It's a little bit like, oh, I will. But we have we have sold everything we own to come, you know, it's like a... Yeah. We're um, farmers. Didn't you hear us? We're farmers. We live in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, Do you and, think this is just a case of us being too jaded? Like when some people saw the original Star Wars, were they just like, this is just a hidden fortress. This is just a hidden fortress, everyone. And then everyone was like, shut up. So well, is that what we're doing? We're like, this is just Seven Samurai. I guess so. But it's also got like, I don't know. Because I guess Star Wars mixed up enough crazy other stuff in there. With. Yeah, I mean, there was enough world building weirdness that we're still talking about it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but all these years later, this there's not enough of that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the the stuff that we see is is all somewhat expected. You know what I mean? And Star Wars, you know, like it it took its time to get us places. It wasn't, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think I would say there aren't really any cliches in Star Wars for the first you know you don't really even see well I guess you do it's like you don't really even see people for the first like half hour you you see Leia and Vader and that whole thing and that's the, yeah. you know, that's somewhat cliche that's you know a standard kind of princess in trouble right but uh but then at the same time you just have you know like robots on the run mm-hmm. um so one of the farmers is played by the actor Eugene Cordero. Yes, who I, I was like, oh, he's familiar. I've seen him in things, but I couldn't mm-hmm. place him until afterwards when I had to look him up. Oh, uh, well, what did you recognize him from? Um, I don't know still, other than oh. I just figured I've seen him like around because he was on like Bang Bang he's and a stuff like that. Actor. And he's, yeah. he's in a bunch of... Um, uh, he's in the world. Most rec- yeah. Most recently, I think I probably recognized him from The Good Place. Okay. He plays... Um, Who's the real dumb guy? What's his name again? Jason. Right. He okay. was like Jason's uh, friend Pillboy back right. then. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Right. Probably. And, uh, he's also that. going to be in the forthcoming Lower Decks TV show, the uh, Star Trek show that hmm. they're working on. So uh, that could be interesting. That could be. That could be good. Yeah. He was. Um, he does seem like a, uh, you know, not to. I'm sure he's good in comedy roles. I liked him as Pillboy now that I remember that. Mm hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, nothing about this scene kind of, you know, worked for me, I'll say. Yeah. Um, 
but then they get him to oh wait here's something that we uh we we back up a second when they when he meets up with i did had written this but without context so i didn't i forgot where it comes <laughs> in but uh uh-huh. when he's uh after he fights with Kara Dune and they're kind of sharing a drink um she's outlining her story which is interesting that's some good there's some world building there that we learn a little bit of what happened that she was you know rebel shock trooper you know when it's the rebellion and it seemed you know and it's you know she's fighting for freedom and then once they took over then her you know her role got a little bit gray a little bit fuzzier now it's protecting the status quo instead of upsetting the status quo right so she was you know um, quashing rebellions herself and uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, keeping the peace, and she's like, "That's not what I signed up for," which is an interesting wrinkle. I would love yeah. more. They dove dove into that more, um, but it's kind of cool. But she does refer to uh, the Imperials as the imps, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. Didn't someone else? Uh, I feel like that has come up before. Could be. Maybe in maybe in Rebels they might call them imps. No, maybe. Somebody um, somebody got mad at us for this podcast because we didn't know enough. I don't know if you saw that. That's the story of my life. <laughs> yep. Um, so then he goes to hire... Um, what's her name again? Nora Dunn? Mm-hmm. Nor- Nora Dunn. Nora he goes to hire Nora Dunn to what? be, to be uh, his sidekick for the to help fight off the raiders, which he apparently was unaware of. She was unaware of the raiders? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess because she hangs out at the bar in the in the city, not out with the farmers. Because yeah. it took the farmers two days to get there. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And so, although it does seem like in a small place like this, that would be something that would be kind of known. If, if yeah, but you would hear it kind of like in passing, and it'd be like, oh yeah, that farm yeah. town out there. God. So the, she should have said, oh, this is that town that's getting raided that I heard about. Right. But it, I'm sure it's happening in every small town near there. So yeah, it's that's like, true. which one is this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it the one with the krill or the one with... Okay. <laughs> Are you guys being menaced by the Trandoshans or by the uh, <laughs> Klaatus? Um, yeah. So then, uh, then they go out to the village uh, to kind of... They, they accept the, the, the offer. Um... They go out there and then they go do some tracking and they discover that there's a, there's an Imperial Walker, um, mm-hmm. which they say both. They say ATSD and Imperial Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some people online using that and the the ATST as proof that it's not at a, that it is ATAT, which is ridiculous. We've covered that. Yes, just because one thing cannot be um, spoken that way doesn't mean that. They wouldn't use other words, right? You know. That makes sense. Does does to me? <laughs> it doesn't doesn't, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but I'm I'm sure you were happy to see that they, you know, he he almost corrects her. She's like, uh, yeah, you know, ATSD, and he's like Imperial <laughs> Walker, or vice versa. Maybe he says ATSD. Yeah. She's like, yeah, Imperial Walker. I'm really surprised that they didn't um, tweak nerds a bit more and even have him say, have her say something like, oh, it's. Could it be an ad ad? And he'll be like, "No, it's an ATAT." You know, <laughs> you know, like have, refer to both of the things right. as um, as being real. It's right. The way that the, the Lando refers to Han in the right in yeah. in Solo. Perfect. Yeah. There. Exactly. Um, Blu-ray. Yeah. So then they go. You know, they accept the offer. They go do some scouting. They find a Walker, and then they're like, "Hey, that's no 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 dice. We didn't know that was part of the deal." And then they're like, but we're really going to get killed or raided or whatever. We're going to get our krill stolen. <laughs> what, are, what, what, are the, what are the raiders doing? They're just going in to menace them? At the beginning, it seems like they just kind of they just stole a bunch of stuff. Yeah. They didn't show them killing anyone. They just showed them kind of like uh, knocking over their baskets and taking right. their... They're just uh, being bullies. They're just like grabbing yeah. the krill. Being, oh, were you going to eat that? And then shoving it in their mouth. It's <laughs> a matter little baby. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because then they get freaked out that there's an ATSD, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, like she's a shock trooper and he's a Mandalorian, and and that seems like they should be able to handle that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole time they were like, oh, I don't know, you know, that thing's tough and it's got big guns, and there's nothing on the planet that can, you know, 
pierce that armor and i was like the whole time i was flashing back to like the 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 ewok music from return of the jedi started playing in my head in like a little um yeah it was you know it does seem like they built it up as more of a thing than it is I think it's also hard because we've seen these ATSTs and we know that they got defeated by teddy bears. So it's kind of like, eh, well, yeah. how tough could they be? Like, I'm sure in real life it would be very, as anyone who goes to, uh, you know, um, the, the Disney theme parks and sees like mm-hmm. a, the ad at in person, like I could see how that would be very intimidating. But as a viewer, it's like, oh, well, those things are, they're chicken walker. It's called a chicken walker for crying yeah, out exactly. loud. <laughs> it's named after a chicken. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are, you know, it's like if you were out, uh, you know, if, if you were, if you were out on a boat and you were like, oh, like, you know, here comes, uh, you know, they, 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 they sent a, they sent a ship after us. Oh, don't worry. It's only a, you know, a battleship. It's not an aircraft carrier or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, yeah, still, I think that would probably do some, I guess it would be hard to deal with protecting right. these farmers from that battleship. And skipping ahead, I think they do a great job of uh, portraying the making the ATSD look as menacing as possible. Yeah, like they shoot in such a way where it really seems like a giant metal animal more so than like a thing being controlled by people. The red eyes and everything—they love red eyes in this series. They do. Um, Just red eyes, no Jedi. That's their that's their motto, I think, for the, mm. the Mandalorian. We'll see. Um. Yeah. So they uh, they they. they Decide train to the farmers. Settle, yeah, settle down, train the farmers. This is where I wrote uh, Aduba, eight against Aduba or whatever. Because um, it is, it's such a trope of like, all right, training the farmers to be the army that you need. Oh, actually, can we, we rewinding a bit, we skipped over a little bit of the <clears throat> uh, Mandalorian. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Le- learning a little bit more about Mandalorian culture. Mm-hmm. Because the, uh, the, the, um, <clears throat> the uh, local woman... Mm-hmm. Uh, who's apparently a widow. Um, a widow who has a, a obviously shot a rifle before, so we don't know what her... Mm-hmm. Her her backstory has got to be interesting. I would have liked to she, perhaps hear heard more she, of that. She used to be a bounty hunter. No, probably. Then she switched. She went to her to guidance f- counselor and they're like, well, you can be a bounty hunter or you can be a farmer. And she's like, okay. <laughs> uh, but she seems to be uh, definitely um, macking on him pretty hard and trying to get him to stay there on the planet with them. Right. Uh, she seems almost like she's ready to marry the guy, even though she does not know what he looks like under that helmet. Maybe that's why she's trying to get him to take it off so much so she can decide whether or not this is worth pursuing. Yeah. Well, given that um, uh, her name is Omera, O O M E R A, Omera, Mara, um, she, um, yeah, like uh, interestingly, like why, you know, if I were her, maybe I would have gone with them, <laughs> which is actually a thought that I had partway through. I'm like, oh, they're, you know, this character is you know, there's something to her and maybe the way that they're building her up and her relationship, maybe she will be killed in this battle mm-hmm. and then Mandalorian's going to have two kids to cart around and it's just going to Oh keep, my gosh. He's going to just keep kind of going around picking up loose children. It's going to turn into like Uncle Buck. Yeah. And, um... Loose children. He, but, uh, yeah, like, um, I don't know, um... I don't know. It, it, it seemed, definitely seemed like there was more. Maybe we'll see her again, her or her daughter, or her daughter. Maybe they're just leaving those for people to, you know, um, world building. Yeah, maybe they're 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 leaving it for other people to to flesh out. Um, you know, they're they're basically planting seeds for for EU works. But uh, but also, I would think that so if she was a farmer there who obviously had some history, considering she could shoot. Um, really well. She probably not originally from there. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So why didn't she go with him? Why wasn't she like, look, you can't stay here. I know. I'll go with you. Well, that's her home. Yeah, but only not. You know, she just moved there probably not that long ago. We know that she's like, been there probably at least. You know, how old did say that kid was? Seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Let's say she's been there. You know, ten years. Right family and friends and a life and 
yeah, schools, but, good schools. But, you know, everybody in Star Wars hates their life as a farmer and wants to go be something else, like a bounty hunter. <laughs> well, she's refreshing. She likes it. Her and, Jen, her oh. and uh, Galen Erso both like being farmers. Right. She's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> she's um, always, you're always her mind on what she was doing and where she was. <laughs> Never looks to the horizon. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, so we so we learn that he never takes his helmet off in front of other people, right? Um, because once you, once you once you take it off, there's like a catch on it where you literally cannot put it back on your head. It's like a um, like a fish hook, where it's it's right the opposite of a fish hook. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, a uh, it's like so, it's like the screw top to a soda bottle where, but you can put that back on though. It's right. like a cork. It's like yeah. a cork in a in a wine bottle. Right there, you go. It's like putting the air back in a balloon. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, but then he, of course, eats his dinner twenty feet away from a bunch of children playing. And yeah, that's in that's an open window. Seem... <laughs> yeah, it's like, boy, his definition of never taking my helmet off in front of anyone is really, uh, yeah, it's really loose. <laughs> it's like the thirty a technicality. Feet. It's like, well, I'm not in front of somebody. They're all looking that yeah. way right now. So, <laughs> or maybe he has another helmet on underneath that helmet, like mm, a an eating like helmet. underwear. Underwear helmet. Yeah. <laughs> it's an eating helmet with a little mouth hole. Uh, yeah, right it's like a, like a luchador, like a re- Mexican wrestling mask kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Oh, man, I hope he does have that now. Although now I am disappointed that he does take it off um, from time to time. From Because I thought, I was hoping he was never take it off so that when he took it off, his skin would be all pale and yeah. stinky. You know, like, like when you get a cast, take it off your yeah. arm. Boy, I just... Um, just had a band-aid on my finger. I, I burned my finger taking a, a pan out of the oven mm-hmm. and uh, uh, burned my finger a little bit and I had to put a band-aid on for a day or two and my finger got mm-hmm. so, like, I guess I I need band-aids that breathe better or I should have used some gauze or something but it just, like, it, it everything got so gross instantly. It got, like... You got Mandalorian finger is what you got. Yeah, Mando finger. <laughs> um, yeah, it did, it did look kind of like Darth Vader. So the um so they they the the Mando, Mando and um the lady train uh, Nora Dunn train the guys to fight with spears and Mando gives out all his guns to everyone. Mm-hmm. His his um. You think he got them all back? I, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. Even you figure some people must have gotten killed and then dropped their guns th- into them. Drop their gun or even the the, the um, oh yeah. The Klaatus leave, so they could have very well picked up a bunch of guns. As so, kind of he kind of maybe made it worse by giving them more aren't more guns and stuff. Mm. But well, but they did take out the ATSD. That's true. At least um, it's a little bit more even. Yeah, I guess so. Um, although it doesn't seem like the ATSD was actually menacing their camp because it was just the guys running out that did the uh, yeah. The initial... I guess they fired a couple of times from the. Uh, from the woods, but uh, it seems like it's mostly those ground troops that are doing all the work, right? And uh, and they're still around, right? The ground troops, yeah. yeah. Some of them, some of them were killed, but you know, it's a overall. Maybe it's you know they just got hit in the nose, so they're they're like, well, yeah. we're gonna leave these guys alone forever now. And they do stay the 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 Mando does stay there for a few weeks after they drive them away. So maybe he's just sure. kind of like you know. Once they didn't show up again, he's like, all right. right. And he maybe kept while, training them too. He would just, yeah, stand out there and shake his fist. <clears throat> his Mandalorian fist. Fist of the Mandalorian. There you go. Um, yeah, so that uh, that is interesting. We do culturally learn. And in a confirmation that he is, we what, something that we gleaned from flashbacks, that he was picked up by the Mandalorians and, you know, he was, was orphaned and kind of adopted into Mandalorian culture so in other words of the three main people wearing mandalorian armor that we've focused on none of them are born or none of them are mandalorians by birth um boba boba jango and uh mando none of them are true mandalorians is there a thing though i don't think there's a uh, it's a heavy infantry mando would would say that there is well it's a it's a ethno-linguistic cultural group Mm mm-hmm um, they're there, so they're not like a race. They're an ethno-linguistic oh. cultural group. But is an ethno? Um, I guess does an ethno imply like uh, I would say it's like Jewish people. 
Mm-hmm. In that there's not necessarily, oh, I'm from Israel, but there are Jews living right. all over the world from a lot of different cultures. Maybe right. it's like that, where right. you, you can, can be, convert to Judaism. But there are ethnic Jews also. And there are traditions and, and right. traditions and so on. So. Um, <laughs> Boy, if I were a rich man. Um, yeah, so that... Uh, we do. We learn a little bit about that. Then they train an army. Um, it's very, again, where the most recent thing that I thought of like this was in Barry, mm-hmm. um, where they kind of train an army. Um, <laughs> Barry, they train an army. I've never, I've never you, seen you've it. Never so seen I don't Barry. Know. Okay. No, it doesn't seem like a training army type of movie wow. <laughs> or show. But, uh, but I'll take your word for it. Um, but it it works. A lot better there for some reason for me. This is this is fine, but this is again nothing. No surprises. Even the scenes seem um, kind of cliche. You know, they're and again, I think it, it it's writing that it boils down to okay, like what if they did a thing like this? And it's just you know re- re- essentially like narratively referencing a bunch of stuff, um, which is what you were going for. But then the reference it's all reference and no no meat <clears throat> well, there's no there's nothing there's no twist on it it's literally right. it's almost just like a remake it's not right. like this, you know um then they go and basically you know antagonize the um they stick a put a stick in the hornet's nest to get the the folks to follow them the raiders to follow them mm-hmm. um now what i i was not confused but i wasn't sure if that the presence of the ATST meant that there were Imperials kind of leftover Imperials that were aligned with these Raiders or mm-hmm. they had, it seems like it was just, Oh, it was leftover machinery. Right. War, army surplus. Army surplus yeah. <laughs> but then they were using, um, for their raids. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't even think about Imperials, but that would make sense, but it does seem like more that it was just a uh, leftover stuff. Right. And then I'm assuming Those discontinued red-eyed ATST walkers. Well, I'm assuming that's because it was at night. Maybe that's the night vision action. Oh, that's cool. Um, because this episode is all about night vision for some reason. Oh, heat vision and night vision. Yeah, the visions. Scarlet vision. Um, Wanda vision. That's it. Wanda vision. There we go. That'll, that'll be soon. Uh, yeah, but I thought the uh, I thought the eight, I thought it looked really cool. The eyes looked like um, I don't know, like octopus eyes. I don't know if you've ever seen. Mm. Like they have those kind of like square pupils. Yeah. That's, so uh, I thought I thought that they did a convincing convincing job of making it look uh, menacing and uh, you know uh, hellish. So good job with that. I uh, uh, I, I noted that uh, we don't really see people running a lot, and when they do, it looks mm-hmm. a little silly. Hmm. Like especially the the titular Mandalorian looks silly running, even though it's kind of dark and um you know they do it in shadows a little bit, so it's uh, yeah. You know, it's not super featured, but just people look, you know, he's kind of like running across terrain and it looks kind of silly. He definitely is probably the ideal way to see the Mandalorian is probably just standing moodily as wind blows his cape. Yeah. And he's standing in a doorway or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, but by the end of this episode, when they come out to kind of, you know, talk and and, uh, Cara Dune has got her feet up. She's in like a rocker, basically with her feet up. And he was just kind of, you know, legs crossed, standing, leaning against the, the door mm-hmm. frame. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's what he mm-hmm. should be. Yeah. Very Western. Uh, come to mama, she says. Hmm. And uh, I don't have a huge objection to it. It's just, it's an oddly, it's one of those, you know. Yeah, some people some people draw a line at certain phrases that sound too too earth like, but right. uh, you know, I'll let it slide. Um, it's funny I hadn't even noticed that line. Yeah, come to mama. Um, so do you, I guess that means she has children somewhere. Um, potentially. Hmm. <laughs> I, I I feel like actual mothers don't refer to themselves as mama that much in that. Mm. In that way, we'll see. Could be wrong. Um. Yeah. I so do. yeah. So then they 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 drive off the bad guys, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Now we can relax here." And then a few weeks later, trouble shows up in the form of a Kubaz bounty hunter. Kubaz. What was Kubaz? Suga? What's the F? Keep uh, and forgetting first, to refer to eggs as suga. Oh yeah. <laughs> Has egg have eggs come up a lot in this one? 
No, just in life, I mean. Oh, okay. Uh, so one weakness I think that the show has had overall is the lack of a strong um, villain. I mean, obviously, Laura Herzog is the villain, but he just sits in that office and doesn't do anything. I... When the Kubas first showed up, I was like, okay, now we're finally going to get a bounty hunter like that is going to be hunting them, like a, a per, the Mr. McGee, the the, the, pers- the person who is going to be hunting them, like a distinctive bounty hunter, instead of just, oh, look, here's more gray aliens that grunt and run away, and, and mm-hmm. he gets killed instantly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, that, so much for that. <laughs> well, I feel like the show really needs that. The show needs a, a nemesis for the Mandalorian Hmm. A a a Javert, a uh, Mr. McGee, a um, a Tommy Lee Jones in the Fugitive. Someone Although, who's like a a person who like we can relate, we can you know a person named Anakin. Yeah, um, not an angel. No, I I think well that like in, it's funny because we're both you know it's like oh well this is too cliche and then it's like you know what it needs is this character trope that's in everything else. And again, it's not the detail, like, I think that it seems like a contradiction, but it's not because it's the, okay, if you're going to do this, you can do this, you know, and hit familiar notes, but just, it needs wrinkles. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. So there, there, you know, should be like, it would be, I, I, I get it. I, I, I agree and disagree at the same time. I, I think that would be fine if they did that as long as they did it interesting. You know what I mean? Well, so, but it has so much potential. Like, yeah. Imagine if there were. Imagine if we knew that there were six specific bounty hunters. Like imagine in, like the Empire Strikes. Not the, I don't want to use the Empire Strikes Back bounty hunters, but mm-hmm. imagine if there was like a group like that where you know I don't know. I just feel like it would kind of add a, a, a more like personality to it. Right. Or like but, um, like the Phantom Zone villains. Yeah, that would right. be great if Zod, Non, and Ursa were chasing the Mandalorian this whole time. Oh yeah, he should do one of those uh, sound um, detonator things in space, and it breaks the glass for the Phantom Zone, and then they then they come flying out. Right. And somebody's like, "Hey, and you look like the president." I was say it's Chancellor Valorum has been trapped in there this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. So they kill the Kubas, who was going to kill Baby Yoda, and then the Mandalorian's like, "Well, looks like I gotta go." Yeah. And they're like, "Bye." And again, so. it's it, like for a second, I was like, "Oh, are they like?" I had a, you know, a small percentage thought that like, oh, maybe they do kill baby Yoda here. And then like, that was a minor, I was like, that's a possibility, the low odds, but that would be an interesting wrinkle to throw. That would definitely get us to watch the next one and be like, what? Oh um, yeah. They'll never, they'll never kill baby Yoda. Well, I'm telling you, I think at the end of this season, he's going to kill baby Yoda himself. Okay. You know, my um, favorite, and by that, I mean, least favorite interpretation of what's going to happen with the second season. Yeah. Uh, oh, did, did Dan say this? Is that that Yoda would baby Yoda would become the Mandalorian? Oh, I think we we workshopped that last week. Yeah, but people have been saying that online, like a legitimate thing, like that he will take over the Mandalorian uh, because you know they make a big point of saying that anyone can wear the armor, that mm-hmm. you don't have to be a Mandalorian. And I hope that doesn't really hope that doesn't happen. No, I would rather Winta take over the Mandalor- Mandalorian. Yeah. That would be fine. I- I would even say that I think this episode, I am at, I get, am getting Baby Yoda fatigue. There were so many shots of like the kids playing with Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda eating a frog, Baby Yoda, you know, cuddling with the kids. That like mm-hmm. it was just so, it was a lot of Baby Yoda in this one. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, uh, he's JJing or uh, or uh, Fonzing. Ironically, because this is this is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, that uh, Baby Yoda is fonzing mm. the Mandalorian. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll I don't have to happens. explain that, right? Everybody knows what that means. Yeah, I think if they did it this by if if they've made it this far into the podcast, they're familiar with our uh, yeah. wavelength. Um. Yeah, and so they, uh, you know, they they chase them back into the thing. They they, they was, the Kubaz comes to get them. They, that moment that so that's the cliche though so there's a small percentage that I was like are they gonna kill baby Yoda now um mm-hmm. in front of a bunch of children <laughs> like that would be mm-hmm. um and then I was like oh like maybe he sh- stops the blaster bolt Kylo Ren style with the force I thought it was gonna be something like that like it was yeah baby Yoda right. himself was gonna do something to right. 
but no, it's a different cliche of, you know, sniper about to take the shot. Oh, but somebody, it's somebody from behind that you didn't see that shot them. And it's a cliche they used two episodes earlier in the opening one where IG-88 is going to kill Baby Yoda and right. then the Mandalorian kills uh, IG-88 without even uh, That was a tiny moving. bit different. Like, at least there was a... Yeah. I prefer that it's one to this. Safe to say, any time Baby Yoda is going to get shot, someone else will shoot the killer. Cliche, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, ultimately, it will be Baby Yoda who has a gun in his hand and, and shoots one of the... That will right. be the last... The, the, the rule of thirds. The next one will be Baby Yoda himself. That, right. Uh, well, it'll be... I the... was kind of hoping they were going to leave Baby Yoda on the planet, and that was going to be kind of the end of Baby Yoda. Right. But... Yeah, but they can't. No? It's going to get tracked. to sell. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that the... I don't know. I... I I'm anxious for them to kind of pick it back up again. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not, uh, not that there's a main thread storyline, but also like, I don't know, either if you're going to do an episode like this, then it's got to be an interesting wrinkle. Like, like the, um, People criticize my choice in, you know, I, I haven't watched a lot of Deep Space Nine, as I said, but the ones that I've seen uh-huh. that I really like are the ones that have nothing to do with the ongoing storyline, mm-hmm. but because they do, they take interesting wrinkles and do stuff that, you know, I think there are other ones outside of the storyline where it's, you know, they don't, you know, so typical, it's like a Monster of the Week episode or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or X-Files too, speaking of Monster of the Week stuff. And like the ones that they did, once they started to get the storyline the going, they started to do the... They started to do these these the episodes that they did that were, had nothing to do with the main storyline started to get really good because mm-hmm. they had to you know they they kind of had the the other storyline stuff buoying everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like I I I want either get back on a narrative or make this more interesting. But don't just have, you know, random stops where everything you've ever seen happens again. Yeah, I mean, at least the Jawa, it kind of reminds me of the Jawa one, but at least the Jawa one had like a sand crawler and a whole bunch of cool yeah. stuff that we've never, uh, you know, the egg and Tortuga and... Yeah, and you, you didn't know. know necessarily where it was going. Yeah. And yeah, that still my favorite episode is, is the second one. I still like the first one. I'm not... I'm not uh, not disagreeing uh, with you. I like them both. I, it sounds like, though, we both think this is our least favorite of the series so far. Yes. Okay. Hopefully this is not a bad sign, and hopefully this is just kind of... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, from your from your point of view, from a certain point of view mm-hmm. that is yours, um, they've been getting worse every episode. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. Hmm. Well, I um, thought they started out strong, got a little stronger, and then dipped, and then this is a second dip. Double right. dip. <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I, I almost wonder if... Well, and also, in terms of them leaving... He leaves behind uh, Nora Dunn and everything. That seems to be the trend, is that they... He meets a character, and then they stay behind. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, at a certain point, he's like, I have to assemble a team. And then he goes back to get Nolte, and then he comes back to get Nora Dunn, and then, like, mm. you know, IG-11. That's, that's, and then... Uh, right. So okay, on. putting the band back together to take out um, Werner Herzog at the end. Well, I just can't believe that they would have her, this lady only in this particular episode of the whole season. Like, right. they had her in the advertising and stuff. I guess the same thing with Bug Nolte, too. He was only in those two episodes, but... Well, that was two, huh? yeah. What, IG-11 yeah. was only in the one? Yeah. What, are they going to literally so, you know, like go like bring him back to life to put in there? I wouldn't be surprised. So uh, Well, that could be fun, though, too. Oh, I know. I have no. I have no objection to. I have no objection to them. Him building the team. I mean, right. that's. Uh, you know, that's fine. And so far, the team. If if the team is indeed, uh, Mando, Nora Dunn, IG eighty eight, and Ugnolty, that is a very. That's a cool, like, diverse team in terms of like aliens and robots and stuff. Which and uh, I'm always I'm always on board with. So. Grief. Don't forget, grief survived. But he's a he's anti Mando now. Well, no, they have an understanding. Hmm. And uh, and then the the army, the Mandalorian army, would also then 
fly out. They would fly in at the last minute as the cat. You're losing me. You're losing me. Yeah. See? You see what happens when you start pulling these threads? <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a huge, it doesn't have to be uh, like 50 guys. It could just yeah. be like seven people. So they need like two more right. people. They need a demolitions expert and they need a uh, someone who's good at uh, impersonating. Uh, they oh. need a um, a uh, Zam Wessel. On yeah, the there you go. <clears throat> Face, you mean? Dirk Benedict. Face, yeah. <laughs> he was the shapeshifter of the, uh, of the mm-hmm. group. He was. Oh, it would be awesome if they had a Mr. T cameo. Hmm. How would that would be too distracting? I think. Well, what they would do is they'd be on a ship, and Mr. T would be strapped into one of the seats, and then he'd be with other people who were feeding him milk. Too. Okay. That was the, that was the only way he could fly. <laughs> Blue milk. Blue milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that wraps right. up chapter four of the Mandalorian. We um, what did, I forgot what we gave the last one. I think sevens. Something like that. So it's the end of the episode. It's time for sevens. Um, <laughs> the yeah, I think we gave them seven. We rated them as seven. So I think I, we both like this one a little bit less. So I guess a six. I'm gonna go five. Five. It actively annoyed me at times. Yeah. I'm afraid to go for that. Believe my. You're saying now more. next week it's gonna be down to a four. Oh. <laughs> Nowhere to go. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There are things that I did like in this, but not as many things that I liked as a lot. All right, I'll go five. You talk me into it. I think the a criticism I saw of it, and it is the most damning criticism I can think of, is that it feels like an episode of Kevin Sorbo's Hercules. Mm. Yes. There you go. <laughs> it has a kind of low budgety feel to it. It's, you know, yeah, a bunch of generic farmers and generic villains. And at the end, nothing is different. And nothing is different. It resets. So. I wonder if it, you could... Um, We'll see what happens next week, but I wonder if you could actively, like, if you could just skip from the end of the last one to this one. I think so, right? If you just skip this yeah, episode I... entirely, like, nobody would, like, nothing, nothing changes. No, no, unless they, you know, she does come back in, uh, you know, he goes and picks up Nora Dunn and, and it's part of his army at the end. Then you'd be like, yeah. wait, who is she? Right. Um, if you take this out, I don't think it matters. So far, it does not I mean, you right. learn a tiny bit about the Mandalorian culture, but right, not but, like not enough to that. That couldn't have been included in any number of the shots, shots of him driving the ship, talking to Baby Yoda. Right. Whereas so, each of the other ones at least have some something. The plot develops in each one. Yeah. Whereas this, no plot happens. <laughs> no plot and very little world building. So yeah. it seems like you should have one or the other. Right. Um. Okay. Well, that's that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Next, let's see the date. We should be back on track, um, schedule-wise. Um, people listening to this in the future um, have no clue that this was, uh, um, you know, a day delayed. Late. Yeah, mm-hmm. a day late and a dollar short. Uh, but yeah, next week. Um, let's see, d- uh, December sixth. Yeah, the Friday. So Friday of next week, we should have an episode out. All right. Provided everything goes goes smooth, goes swimmingly. And uh, if you enjoy listening to us talk, you, you can listen to us talk about Star Wars seven days a week if you want. You can go to our podcast, Star Wars Minute. Star Wars Minute. In which we are currently talking about Rogue One every day. Mm-hmm. Wherever podcasts are sold. And um, yeah, and, uh, we do uh, Patreon too if you want to support this. If you haven't heard the other show but like this and want to support it. We, we didn't start a new Patreon. We're just uh, tacked on to the old one. So uh, patreon.com slash SWM, Star Wars Minute, SWM. Um, mm-hmm. And that'll get you there. And then uh, hopefully we'll see you all next week for a new episode of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Mandalorian.